Hello and welcome to Kohler Commentary. It's your girl, Angie, and I'm here with my OG co-host, Wanhee Lee, as we dive into an Enneagram series under our favorite segment of Enjoy the Wander. Yay! <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Woo! the moment you've been waiting for if you have been um kind of enduring those painful bachelorette podcast episodes well endure no more we got some good content your way wani how have you been it's been good uh i haven't been on the podcast in a while but uh i yeah things have been good i've been just working living life i started rock climbing in oh yeah the hiatus. that's a new update yeah for all of uh-huh. our all the folks that I don't see every day <laughs> and yeah. I don't talk about climbing every day. You got a climbing crew. You know what I'm <laughs> Shout out to the climbing crew who is supporting. Sorry, the climbing bodies is our name. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why? Because oh, you because uh, like or, home bodies. Originally, it started as the climbing buddies and then oh. they renamed the messenger chat as bodies when I joined in. Wow. Yeah. I see. It seems like a really fun group. So I'm glad that you picked up this new hobby. <laughs> Angie, how have you been? I've been great too. <laughs> um, uh, since the last time we've done this, I have quit my job Ooh. and become, thank you, CEO of Kohler Commentary, you know, Ooh. instead. <laughs> and just trying to take advantage of a few months at the minimum of fun employment and kind of kind of rediscover some passions or hobbies that I can do while, of course, uh, taking care of my wonderful toddler, Jaden. Nice. And this podcast being one of those. Yes. Rekindled passions. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, without further ado, we are really excited to dive into this Enneagram series. I think, honestly, it was these conversations we had maybe two years ago that really sparked an idea of even doing a podcast with Wani. So kind of decided, why not? Let's let's go into it. Even if we are not experts, um, we can kind of share the passion that we have behind behind this, not necessarily personality test. Is it a personality type it's kind of like a personality thing yeah but better yeah agreed better (laughs) um well do you want to kind of explain what the enneagram is yeah i can i can do a little bit of explaining so uh the enneagram is a personality mm, tool i think that folks can use to identify uh why folks are the way they are right and i think a lot of different personality types and assessments do that right there's the myers-briggs there's Mm -hmm. like stuff with colors that i've Mm -hmm. done there's Mm -hmm. strength finder there's all these different things um but i think the enneagram is a little bit special um which we can dive into a little bit but essentially if folks haven't heard of the enneagram uh the ennea stands for nine and gram is you know, like part of diagram, like the picture, right? Oh my gosh, how simple. <laughs> and so if you ever look up Enneagram on Google and you look up the images, you'll always see a diagram of a uh, kind of a circle with nine numbers around it, mm-hmm. starting with nine at the top, going with one to the right, all the way to mm-hmm. eight on the very left of the nine. Um, and there's all these lines pointing to all these different numbers and things like that. Um, But essentially what the core of the Enneagram is about is each person, each number has a core fear and desire, and it'll dive into uh, the reasons why people act the way they do is fueled by those desires and those fears, right? And so I think what's special about the Enneagram is it doesn't necessarily talk about your external actions being Mm -hmm. the 
root and the core of your personality, but it's those basic fears and desires that each person has that fuels what folks see on the outside, right? And so the special part about this is folks can be doing the same thing, right? And folks can interpret it the same way, but to the individual doing those actions, they can all be doing it for very different reasons. Yeah. Even though externally, it might look the same. Yeah, well, I have an example. Oh, example. <laughs> yes, so I actually can't take credit for this example, but I think it's an easy way to kind of break it down before we briefly explain the nine types of the Enea <laughs> um, so like, for example, when you walk into someone's home and you see a clean home, we could immediately just think, oh, this person likes to keep a clean home um, for the fact that it looks nice. Right. But then if you dig deeper into each person's Enneagram type, you would begin to see what that might mean for them internally. Why are they keeping this clean home? So for a type one, the moral perfectionist, they might be doing it because it's the right thing to keep a clean home. Right. Type two, which is a supportive advisor, they could be doing it because, oh, we want people to walk in and feel a warm hug. Um, which could not resonate with some people. Type three is a successful achiever and they might keep a clean home because it could be linked to their image, right? An image of success could be a clean home. Type four is a romantic individualist. So they might be doing this um, to have a home that shows aesthetics and beauty. And maybe they are the Instagram influencers of the home. Who knows, right? Type five, the investigative thinker, they would keep a clean home maybe to have their resources easily accessible. I know this is resonating with some of you. And then a type six, a loyal guardian, they might be keeping a clean home to represent their duty and loyalty and even hard work as a person. And in this day and age, maybe even to prevent coronavirus. Type sevens could be keeping a clean home because if they don't have a clean home, it might keep them from the next fun thing, which definitely had Ryan, our house church shepherd's image pop into my head. A type eight, which is a protective challenger, they could keep a clean home because they could have control and power over that cleanliness. And then a type nine peaceful mediator could have a clean home because they want to have a chill and relaxful, relaxful, oops, relaxing vibe in order to enjoy life so in that way it's kind of interesting because your first thought when you enter is it's a clean home but then when you start to learn more about that person it's really like Wani said not about what you do but why you do what you do mm-hmm. and so that's really interesting because I've been a huge fan of Myers-Briggs for a long time especially when I was a teacher mm-hmm. because I felt like it helped people uncover more about themselves but I love this part because it really dives deep into your intrinsic motivators and so I think this is like the thing I've been missing all along wow yeah the missing piece yes 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 yeah I agree and I think when I first learned about the Enneagram a few years ago uh it connected a lot of dots for me that a lot of the other assessments and types weren't able to do right Mm -hmm. i think each type kind of like myers-briggs i'm sometimes an enfp sometimes an infp sometimes it fits yeah but i think the enneagram for me has always stayed consistent and Mm -hmm. can always explain the moments why i might be feeling stressed the moments why i really enjoy being at home Mm -hmm. or uh mediating or removing and resolving conflict between people right and so uh those are some of the things that the Enneagram or the uh, Myers-Briggs things like that in the past just like couldn't explain for me. And so I was really excited to kind of dive into it more uh, as I like learned it about, learned about it the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I think one thing I would tell folks about the Enneagram, if you're interested and you're like, ooh, what's my number? What's my mm. Enneagram, right? Is there are a lot of tests out there similar to the Myers-Briggs, mm-hmm. but generally I advise folks, and this is advice that I've received from other people, like don't take tests, <laughs> read the descriptions and mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. which one stands out to you, right? The one that you feel like, oh, you're reading it and you're like, oh, this one kind of sucks. This yeah. one hurts. Yeah. yeah. Um, are the ones that usually stick out. So take some time reading. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, we I, And we're not going to really like go too deep into mm-hmm. each type, but we will post some resources for like wow. tests you could take that are helpful, even though Wani just said something. <laughs> but like, you know, you can look at the top three or something. So it's like a shortcut to yeah. reading all the descriptions if you don't want to read them all and whatnot. They'll, they'll guide you to the right, right. area right. and then you can determine from there. Right, because yeah. sometimes I go in between two numbers, but I know to the core of what I am because of what I've read. So even if I accidentally get a bigger number one time on a test for this type, I don't like, but oh my gosh, now I've changed to this type. Obviously, <laughs> we're not revealing because we're going to see if you can guess it by the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you want to share about the core fears and desires for each type? Yeah. So I can start off with, uh, the diagram top number, which is the nine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the nine, the core motivation, or I guess the, I'll start with the, the core fear here is, uh, conflict. And so nines, their biggest thing is they want to avoid conflict as much as possible. And so this can show up with other people, right? So they don't like arguing. They don't like folks yelling or even like the slightest tension. They'll shrink (laughs) back. um, And they'll always kind of go to what other people want to go to. Um, Their basic desire is to have stability and to feel connected and to have that connection with others uh, or, you know, stability within themselves to feel Mm -hmm. like everything's okay everything's peaceful, I don't need to worry. Mm. And those are the two fears and desires, a fear and desire that will always be kind of like guiding people who are, who identify as nines. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to take the one? Sure. So a type one who could also be known as a moral perfectionist, um, their core fear might be being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, just things that show like a corrupt side because they, to the core, are not, right? Their core desires in life are to have integrity and to be good and to have a balanced, you know, like virtuous like view on life and show that reflected in how they live. And so you can see that really played out in pretty much all that they do. They are the strongest advocates you could kind of have in a friend almost. And you definitely, um, I've seen a lot of those, I guess I'm going off tangent, but like a lot of teachers as well have like a one within them. Um, So yeah, I've also noticed like there's like this um, core weakness, which I I guess is like about resentment, right? Like repressing anger so that it could lead into frustration and dissatisfaction if the world isn't perfect. Mm. Um, So I know right now, like right, we're in the thick of a lot of justice issues as well. And I have a lot of friends who have type one um, personalities. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I, I feel this struggle a lot when I talk with them because it's something that, you know, is in the face of daily life has always been. But right now, like literally in our faces all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What is type two? The supportive the advisor. For you? The supportive advisor. Oh, OK. So uh, the 
basic fear of a two is to is the feeling of being unwanted or mm. unworthy of being loved. And the basic desire is to feel that love and to feel loved by the people around them, to feel accepted and uh, to receive that love from folks. And mm. so uh, one of the ways that a typical two uh, might try to seek that love or that uh, wanted feeling mm-hmm. is to go out of their way to support and help others and to show love to others mm. so that they'll receive that love back from them. Mm. And so for Nines and twos, the difference between a nine and a two is a nine will go out of their way to help someone if like, you know, oh, like I can help. Like, uh, but if it uh, isn't bothering them, they're like, oh, it's okay. Like if they don't mm. need my help, it's okay. They can figure it out. But twos will always go out of their way because mm. that's their way of, if I love them, they'll love me back. And mm. that's their motive, motivation and desire uh, at the core. Yeah. And like a love reciprocated not by similar actions, but I guess that wanted feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Their weakness, the core weakness for a two would be pride for denying your own needs and emotions until maybe your intuition to discover the needs of others, like that's in the way, but then that can actually come into this weakness of pride, which is interesting to read mm. um, and discover. Type threes are success. Type threes are successful achievers. Their core fear is being exposed or being thought as incompetent. Mm. Interesting. Um, maybe even being inefficient or worthless. They really don't want to fail to appear being successful. So I think success is really tied to um, like a desire as well. So their core desires is to have high status and respect, be admired, successful, and valuable. Um, their core weakness would be deceit because sometimes you are deceiving yourself into believing only your image matters when sometimes you yourself and all of who you are are what matter as well. Mm. You are loved for being you. <laughs> um, so that's the type three. Yeah. Type four. What's the title for type four? Romantic individualist. Ooh. All right. So, uh, a type four's basic fear is that they have no individuality or no identity or personal significance. Mm. And their basic desire is to find themselves, understand themselves and their significance to create their own unique identity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the fours are all about how am I unique? How am I special? How am I going to stand out in a way um, so that uh, I am not the same as everyone else? And these are folks who are really artistic and expressive and Mm. in tune with their emotions and can stand out that way, but can also then uh, be sucked into those emotions and really get stuck there. And and, and they can feel all of the range of emotions really extremely, right? And so they feel all the joys, but they also feel all the sadnesses. Mm. Um, But these are Mm. also the folks who can help others really understand their own emotions and really draw them into how they might be feeling because they're so in tune with theirs, they can understand and empathize with what others might be feeling, right? And so... um, Wow, what a unique strength. Yeah, it's it's very special, (laughs) as the four would like to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Type five, the investigative thinker. Um, Their core fear is being annihilated, invaded, or maybe feeling like they don't exist. 
they don't want to be thought of as incapable or ignorant and having obligations placed upon you or your energy possibly being completely depleted. So there's a lot of core fears within that arena. And then their core desire and motivation is to be capable and competent. I feel like a lot of type fives might have, you know, knowledge available or even Mm -hmm. like how to's available so that whenever there is a topic, they bring like actual practical help as well or mm-hmm. ha- practical things that really help and go a long way. Um, so I think that's really something special about type fives. Their core weakness is avarice. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to rice. <laughs> you too. <laughs> okay. Um, feeling that you could lack those inner resources that we just talked about and maybe too much interaction with others could lead to depletion. <laughs> so definitely recognizing that type fives do need their time to energize on their own Mm, yeah they're the logical folks they're the folks who try to understand the world and like i need to understand everything so i can control everything yes yeah if you watch friends i believe ross geller is Mm, a type five yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i can see that yep uh number six the loyal guardian the loyal guardian so loyal guardians (laughs) their basic fear is uh not having support or guidance um and not having security and their desire is to seek that security and support, uh, whether it's from people or other methods of knowing that you are safe, mm-hmm. right? And so um, these are folks who are always planning for whatever scenario or situation might occur. Mm-hmm. They're great problem solvers because they're able to think through, oh, what if this, what if this, what if this? But as folks probably know, getting stuck in the what ifs can also be very stressful and anxiety mm-hmm. inducing. And so uh, sixes will always be thinking ahead and like, oh, what could go wrong here? And how do I prevent that? They can be great problem solvers because of that, but they can also sometimes get stressed out uh, because of because of that. Man, I had a lot of friends' names pop up as I was listening to this one and really helpful because I find sixes to be some of the best friends that you could have, really reliable. But yeah, I know that a lot of fear and security can also be there. Um, so always wanting to create a place of safety for Mm -hmm. for the type sixes Mm -hmm. type seven is the entertaining optimist the party bringer um they have a core fear of being deprived in experience i believe like being trapped in their emotional pain being limited or bored or Mm -hmm. in modern terms having fomo Mm -hmm. Um, their core desire is to be happy fully satisfied and content. And so they could have a weakness of gluttony in the sense of having this great emptiness inside and wanting to fill it up with all these experiences in hopes of bringing that full satisfaction. And so, yeah, I think type sevens really want to live life Mm -hmm. and in a way so that they can experience all of it. And I I think they will. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of adventurous type sevens. And they're definitely fun people to be around for sure. Yeah. They're the type of folks who will overbook their schedule in Uh hopes that they can just make all the different events, even though there's not enough time in the day to make all those events, but they'll try anyway. Yeah, we're not thinking about someone in specific. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, Number eight. The protective challenger. Ooh, the protective challenger. So the basic fear of the type eight is being harmed or controlled by others. And their basic desire is to protect themselves and to be in control of their own life and destiny. And Mm. so these are the folks who have an opinion and they believe they're right. And this is a little bit different, I think, from the one where the ones have a strong sense of right and wrong. But the eights have their own, uh, I am right and this is 
mm. my way, mm. right? Not like a, this is right and wrong in a good and bad way, mm-hmm. like good versus evil way, but I'm right. And so that's right. <laughs> and so they have a desire to control and um, make sure they're the ones who are, uh, who have the influence over their environment, yeah. right? But that's also uh, a strength in that they're able to protect and mm-hmm. they're able to lead others in a way yeah. that when they are in a good place can lead f- people and groups and their own lives in really great places because they're willing to fight for what mm-hmm. they feel like is right. Yeah. But in the negative sense, it can also turn really harmful because they are now in control. And if they're not in a good place, they can guide and lead folks into those not so great places. Ooh, yes, because they have that role as mm-hmm. a leader. Mm-hmm. I think I like how you're kind of comparing certain types as well because it goes back to, you know, you might get different scores when you take these tests and that's why it's important to read fully like those descriptions Mm -hmm. because you could be deciding between certain ones and then this really helps define like what are those core things inside of you that drive you to do what you do. Mm -hmm. And to go back to type nine and finish it off, which is what Wani started, that is the peaceful mediator. Mm. I just wanted to share the title. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think these are the different types that are in the Enneagram. (laughs) (laughs) Won't do that after this episode. Um, But it's a helpful way to realize that there are so many different ways that we do view this world, right? And to think of it, like we just are all wearing different types of colored shades right and so we see the world and we are seeing all the same things but the perspective or even those motivations behind it are actually really different in those um internal ways and so this is really helpful to hear that Mm. and obviously something to think about is that the goal is to strive for that healthiest version and sometimes we yeah, sometimes it can be unhealthy. So mm. I think that's something important to talk about, not in like facts like we just, or like not reading it out, but through the conversations we hope to have with different people on the pod. Yeah. I think one thing I've been learning about the Enneagram recently, when I first learned about this, I was like, ooh, this is my my number. And this is like, mm-hmm. this is just me. And mm-hmm. like, I just need to accept it. And mm-hmm. like, that's how I'm going to live my life. Right. But I think what I've been learning is the Enneagram reveals blind spots that we have. Mm. And so by knowing you know, for example, a an eight might want to control everything and knowing that they have that spot or that blind spot in their life, mm-hmm. they can adjust for that and be like, okay, in this moment, I know I'm going to react this way, but that's yeah. not the healthiest way to react, right? And yeah. so it's a way of not, of getting ourselves unstuck from the patterns and habits that we don't even know that we have when we need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think another thing that I already find myself doing, which is probably not good, is like it's so fun to think of these different types and like learn more and then accidentally, unintentionally box people into mm. those numbers. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, haha, you're just being a seven or you're being a two and you like to help, you know, whatever. And so I think it's important just to really recognize that while these are those types that drive you, right? Like, don't put people into this being the only thing Mm. that identifies you. Um, And so I think the conversations we hope to have soon will help really explore um, everyone's different complexities within. Mm -hmm. So there are types, but what else comes with your type? Ooh, good question. So if you take a look at the diagram, there's nine at the top and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all around it, right? Um, And you might be thinking to yourself, how can only nine numbers determine all mm. the personalities of these, all these different people in the world, right? And 
as you dive deeper into the Enneagram, there's a lot of different ways of cutting into each number and pulling different things out and like subtypes and all these things. But I think one of the um, more visible ways that folks can be a little bit different within each category are these things called the wings. Ooh. And, ooh. So if you think about a bird, it has a body and it has two wings on the side, right? Mm. Like flapping left and right. Um, picturing it. Yeah. But um, the wings are the numbers that are next to your core personality type. And so... So it's not the second highest. Yeah, not the second highest. So if you take one of the tests, uh, you might get like, oh, you are like 80% potentially an eight. But then you also find out you are like 75% potentially a six. So your six and your eight cannot be wings of each other Mm. because eight is next to seven and What's the other? Nine. Nine. <laughs> wow, great job, previous <laughs> pre-cal <laughs> teacher. <laughs> uh, well, sixes have wings of fives and sevens, right? And mm-hmm. so um, once you find out your core personality type, that number will most likely lean more towards one of your wings. And for example, uh, a nine can become a nine wing one where uh, their core personality type is all about uh, avoiding that conflict, seeking that connection, being at peace. But they also have a streak in them where they uh, want to fight for what's right. They want to Mm. be perfect in the things that they strive for, Mm. right? On the other hand, uh, a nine-wing eight might have that same desire for peace, uh, desiring uh, connection, etc. But they'll also have, like, a desire to, you know, start little bit more controlling their environment a little bit and sometimes that's a little that odds sounds so controversial yeah and so i read in a book sometimes nine nine wings eight nine wing eights have uh moments where they get themselves in trouble because they're at conflict (laughs) with their personality types yeah and so uh as you as folks spend time like discovering what their core personality type is that's also an area that you can explore like Mm -hmm. how do i lean right which wing do I lean towards? Some folks just don't identify with the wing at all. And they're like, I'm happy just being a three. Fully that. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So even within the type, it can be so different. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of personality types, a lot of uh, different differentiations uh, yeah. <laughs> between the different numbers. Something to help you think, this is also an analogy I cannot take credit for, but like if your type is that steak or that filet, mignon, you know what I'm saying? The wings are that seasoning that can add to the beauty (laughs) and richness. So it can make it even more perfect or it can make it like even more cha or like salty Mm. or like ugh, right? Mm -hmm. And so you, you do have to kind of like tap into that. You don't have to, but if that is something you resonate with, then you kind of learn about that as well to best enhance Mm. your steak. Yeah. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But there are also triads and paths that we kind of like lightly want to touch upon and we can go deeper as we start thinking about our own or when we talk to others. Mm -hmm. Um, But for example, a triad is the fact that within the Enneagram, there are different centers of intelligence that bring in these different categories. And, And so the Enneagram has... Three different triads where three numbers are within those triads Mm -hmm. of centers. (laughs) Okay. So um, briefly, there is the instinctual center, 
where the type 8 challenger, type 9 mediator, and type 1 perfectionist fall under. So it's interesting because they can all struggle with the um, emotion of anger in their different ways, but what they all share is their desire for wanting justice within um, that realm as well. But if you look into each type, they have reactions to this anger differently. Like Mm -hmm. 8s react with assertiveness. 9s react with like suppressing this anger because they want the peace. And then 1s react with like more criticalness and not wanting to be like overtly angry, but still having that judgment, not in like in a bad way, but right, like right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because how you respond to the emotion of anger could be different, but that is a shared struggle within that triad. The next triad is the heart center, which are the numbers two, three, and four. And these uh, two is the advisor, three is the achiever, and four is the individualist. These three all struggle with feelings of shame. Mm. Um, and so that could be in different ways, but that same that's like what connects them while they all want significance in different ways. So for a two, they want to feel everyone's feelings. And like was earlier mentioned, like sometimes they might insert or assert themselves into people's lives to bring that help. And they really don't want to be rejected. They want to be seen as these helpful people. For threes, they could feel like, you know, their identity and their image is what they really want to focus on. Do you see me as admirable is definitely within their desire for significance. And then like we said about fours, feeling all their feelings, which could um, have this tsunami effect sometimes that they have to work through these feelings um, in order to have that significance of uniqueness and specialness that we had talked about Mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. And the final triad is the head center, which is numbers five, the thinker, six, the loyal guardian, and seven, the optimist. Um, They all struggle with anxiety, Mm-hmm. in different ways and then they are all connected as well by wanting security and so it's interesting because right fives do this through bringing more wisdom and knowledge for the security sixes do this by like having everything kind of ready and like worst case scenarios available and then sevens interestingly have this anxiety which leads them to like a life of excitement and stimulation right because mm. that's a security in itself to avoid anxiety of emotional pain that Mm -hmm. they might not want to experience. And Mm so I think that's interesting that even within, like you have these different centers of intelligence that also connect different types together Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And then the last part are the paths. This is kind of confusing for me, so I don't want to go too into it, but it kind of talks about when you have your type and you are in times of stress, you start to absorb the unhealthy characteristics of a different type. Mm -hmm. And that can also be a red flag. Like, hey, you're starting to portray these different characteristics. Like maybe you need to slow down and kind of recognize where you are, what you're struggling with, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Versus when you're a really healthy type, you might actually absorb some of the healthy characteristics of a different type Mm -hmm. as well. But that's really complex. So I don't want to go too into it. Um, Maybe we can just kind of personalize those in our own descriptions. Yeah. If you take a look at the diagram, that's what all those lines between numbers are are meaning there. Um, And so just one example is the nine in moments of stress will have the negative characteristics of a six. Mm. Uh, In moments of uh, strength or growth, they'll have the positive characteristics of a three, right? And so if you look at the diagram, those three numbers are connected there. And so uh, that's just a quick and easy way of understanding how do I react in moments of stress? Right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, nine numbers all connected to two other numbers, lots of different lines. We, 
don't need to go into details yeah. there. But uh, something interesting as you discover who you are. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. We covered the Enneagram, but it's not over because the goal within our podcast is not really to be experts in these types, mm-hmm. right? Because we're still learning and growing, but it's kind of in that journey, figuring out the relationships we have with people and what that looks like in those interactions. Mm. But in order to do that, we have to know ourselves. <laughs> Luckily, we have both reflected on our types. So, uh, wait, I have a... Oh, wrong oh. one. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, so, do you, should I go first? Sure. Reveal my type. Mm-hmm. If you did not know, I am Unji and my, or, yeah, my type. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and my, <laughs> oh, you used it right. My type is type two. Yay. I am the supportive advisor where I am all about. Wanting to be wanted and loved and wanting to love others. Interesting. Mm. Um, I think for me, learning about that has been really helpful. I will post some podcasts that definitely help kind of explore your type, which is definitely more helpful than listening to this for those specific Mm -hmm. descriptions. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I've learned is that like twos are definitely very generous and giving, humble, sacrificial. So those are like the best of the twos, right? But then you can also create or not create boundaries, which really like tear you down and really create those emotions that feel unwanted or rejected. Um, So that's definitely helpful for me. And uh, I resonate with a lot of that growing up. I think what Wani explained earlier about the wings are really helpful because a two wing one is very different from a two wing three. And whenever I take this test, I either get type two or type three as mm. those like high percentages. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, Ooh, did I change to a type three too? But when you read those core motivations, like I know in the core, I'm a type two, mm. um, but I definitely have a lot of type three like tendencies within. And so for a type two wing three, I like to bless others with talent, right? Like I like to take on this um, role as a hostess, uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise, and try to bring like person, personable vibes to every gathering that we do have. Um, so I tried to, uh, it says that like type two wing three could be a more outgoing subtype mm. and their desire is to be seen for their love for others and to reflect back all that they have offered. Oh. Um, so that's definitely helpful for me to see. I think what we talked about earlier is the different paths that you could go on. So let me explain that a little bit. When I am a healthy two, then I could also show some characteristic traits of a healthy type four. That doesn't mean I become a type four because my motivations are still about wanting to be appreciated, loved, and wanted. But now I can also be more aware of my emotions and understand when I need to take care of myself. And so this means that I acknowledge setting healthy boundaries are not selfish because a type two could often think saying no is selfish, right? Mm -hmm. When actually that's a very good thing to do to avoid the burnout and being able to discover these emotions in a really healthy way so that ultimately you can go back to your core motivation, which is I want to help others and focus on others. But that comes with me doing that work on myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I, I recognize points in my life where I had a lot of type four within me because of the healthy lifestyle I was holding as a type two. Mm. Um, On the flip side, type eight 
is when I am unhealthy in my walk as a type two, I start to have unhealthy characteristics of a type eight. doesn't mean eights are bad. It just means I absorb those characteristics, mm-hmm. which means when I'm stressed, I start to feel irritable and defensive, right? Mm-hmm. And if the love and support I'm giving to others is being ignored or rejected, then I begin to be controlling and dominate the reactions of others and almost even demand a specific way of them having to come through. Mm. Um, and so this has been really helpful because I see like things of like you're confrontational, you're angry, you threaten to withdraw even sometimes, which for a two to withdraw could be like a very unhealthy thing, mm. right? And so when I think about right now, like when do I do that? I definitely see certain relationships where that unhealthy characteristic comes out. So even though I might not do that Overall, I can definitely already think of some, which is why I'm excited to have certain conversations where I can learn about other people's types, which I also have these conflicts with because obviously these characteristics are not edifying and I want to be able to understand where that comes from, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Getting a deeper sense of like why it comes out so that you can expect it and know how to handle it. Yes. And I will save those for another episode. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Wani? Um, yeah. So uh, if you couldn't tell already, I'm a type nine. Um, <gasps> <wow>. <laughs> if you know me in real life, uh, you probably know that. Uh, but <laughs> the, yeah. So as we described before, a type nine uh, is all about keeping the peace, avoiding conflict and uh, making sure that I am at peace with everyone else around me. And I think this comes off in a lot of different ways for me personally, but usually it comes off as I don't really have that many strong opinions about things. Like when we go mm. out to eat, I'm down for whatever. If folks want to come over, yeah, let's go. Um, if folks want to go do something, like I'm down. But this also can come off in my own life as uh, not really having a lot of intentionality or mm. coming off as that way, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because I am most likely going to defer to someone else. Mm. And so sometimes the strong opinions that one might expect to have in certain situations um, don't come out because Mm. I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to rock the boat here. Right. And so uh, I think there have been moments where that gets in the way of having some of those like deeper relationships where those kind of relationships just need that kind of conflict or we need to like express things and I don't right because mm. I'm just gonna like oh it's okay I I can deal with it and so I think that is a, a way that my my nineness comes out I think it's very easy to just do whatever folks want to do and I think the hard part for me right now is like okay how do I understand actually like understand what I need because mm. I think that's a uh, a weakness of myself and nines that I know is not really understanding what I need mm-hmm. I think some people think that folks like oh they know what they want they just don't say it right but I actually don't know what I want (laughs) a lot of the times and so really taking the time to like intentionally think about it requires a lot of energy from me and Mm. so having to do that having the ability to differ to others is just easier because Mm. that way I don't have to think about it I don't have to make a decision and I'll let others do it um so uh yeah so if you meet a nine, they're very easygoing. And yeah. <laughs> they'll do whatever. And they're uh, very chill. But sometimes uh, you might want to poke them and be like, hey, mm. like, what do you want to do? Right. And so when thinking about the wings, I'm a nine wing one. Mm. And so you're not uh, as controversial. I'm not as controversial. <laughs> but I do think there are moments where 
I have noticed that sometimes the one will flare up in certain mm-hmm. situations when I know either someone is 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 being uh, morally. Mm-hmm. I don't know about morally, but you know when you have that sense of like, oh, this is just wrong, and mm-hmm. you speak up. Like I've had flare moments where that flares up, right? Mm-hmm. I re- I remember one. Oh, you do. I wasn't there, but I heard about it. When. It was back in San Antonio. San Antonio? <laughs> yeah. Where, like, there was a conversation with two of our friends about, like, just, like, the race of others or something. Like, they were having, like, a race oh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, and they were yeah, like, yeah. Juan got so mad. <laughs> and I was like, what? Juan got... And I was just hearing about it. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah, like Because, yeah. like, it was, like, in a... It wasn't a... Not appropriate. I don't want to like bash mm-hmm, the conversation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But it was something that hit the core of something that you felt was there was like this right or wrong for you to speak up about it. And I was like, oh. And so now I'm like thinking about it. I was like, those are one of the rare times I've heard <laughs> of those like flare-ups. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other example that I can think of, uh, I was playing Catan <laughs> in my junior year of college and we made up some house rules. And essentially, I was about to win and they played this rule on me, and I went all, from all the way from nine to one. Oh, uh, a like, nine one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This is wrong." I threw down the cards, and I walked away from the wow. game. And everyone was like, "What just happened?" Um, and so it's like moments. Oh, that's where like it'll flare, right? I mean, I think part of that was just like I was just mad that I. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But uh, yeah, and so I think those are the moments where that one will flare up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think there's. I was, I was reading the description just now and there's uh, a sentence here that talks about like the in, internal critic where mm. like I know yeah. something's wrong yeah. but because of my nine, yeah. I won't necessarily say it out loud. Oh, that's... Yeah, so, so it's inter- like an mm. internal conflict mm-hmm. rather than an external conflict. And so, yeah, I, I think I... Yeah, that, that's the, the nine wing one for me. I think it's so helpful to hear about this because like when you were talking about uh, where do you want to eat? And you're like down for whatever. Like twos are also down for whatever. Yeah. But their reason is so different. Oh, mm-hmm. we want them to choose what they want. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's actually like, ew, I don't want this place, right? But that feeling. And sometimes it's also, you can choose too. Like you don't have to pretend like mm-hmm. you don't, you know? So it's interesting to hear what the behavior looks like versus the real reasons mm-hmm. that match our personal types. Yeah. I was thinking about that situation. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference, I think, between twos and nines would mm-hmm. be nines are like, yeah, I really don't have an opinion, yeah. so we can go. But twos would be like, yeah, I have an opinion, but I'm going to sacrifice my yeah. opinion for the love of this person. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, really? Do you have to sacrifice yeah, yeah, yeah. this opinion of eating out, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's it's helpful to kind of hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have another close nine of mine, and mm-hmm. we definitely both have hard times deciding. Stuff. <laughs> Anyways, that's yeah. a tangent. Interesting. Um, We'll close it off with kind of using our twos and nines to reflect on our friendship Mm. and this cool little project of a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So with twos and nines and just basically us two, right? Like this is not for all twos and nines. Um, Some questions I might have first within our friendship is how have we brought out the best in each other? Mm -hmm. Or like how have we felt most seen or oh, like grateful? And then what are times we're just like, you know, like (laughs) not in a bad way, but kind of like I wish the other would not right now. <laughs> Sounds bad. Yeah. No, no. Every relationship. Yeah. That, like so we can figure out how to grow in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we'll move on to the next part. The most immediate example, the most like specific example right now that I can think of is like in terms of this podcast, I think the, especially because of like your two and three a little bit. Yeah. The yeah, three, yeah. 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 Uh, where you're willing to do the things that I've wanted to do for a while, but then you mm. push me to do the things that I 
haven't been able to do because you know i'm just like yeah like i'll get to it or like oh, i don't know like i'm just gonna not do anything and so i really appreciated that mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. it's felt like oh she's willing to go for the things that i haven't been able to go for on my own mm-hmm. and she's willing to push us until i get to that point yay yeah. <laughs> and i think that's not just in terms of this podcast but also like in terms of friendship too uh you're willing to like ask the questions that are harder for me to answer but you ask anyway <laughs> right mm. because i think as a nine that's like important to be asked because we're not going to be the first ones to go out and mm-hmm. say it you know mm-hmm. and so i really appreciated that too yeah <laughs> okay do i go into the other half sure uh, let me prepare my heart <laughs> Uh, mm, oh, this is like uh, this is, is uncomfortable. Like worst, yeah, what am I supposed to say right now? I don't know what to. And in front of millions I know, of viewers, millions of viewers, <laughs> and right in front of the person that I'm talking about. Oh goodness! I am already doing something you don't want. I know. To. <laughs> um, I think in term, I think the question thing is a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because. Yeah there are moments where I really do appreciate it because it's like something I've been thinking about and I haven't had the chance to say. But then there are also moments where it's like, oh, I really don't want to answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then as the nine, I'm like, ah, oh, but I should, you know, it's like, I don't want to be the jerk and not answer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say in those moments, it's always led to a good place because I think you know the boundaries <laughs> of like, Whenever you do, you do ask those questions, you, you qualify with like, but you know, you don't have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I do that too yeah. much. No, it's okay. But yeah, I think that has been like, not not a hard thing, but it's like the places where I have to like push myself to be like, okay, like I need to like mm-hmm. really step into this a little bit inten- mm-hmm. more intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for your <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Is that like within the podcast or within the friendship or both? That would be uh, I think I think both. Like I think the podcast is like one part of our friendship, you know? right? And right. so I think it, it, it's really it just an apply. extension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It can apply to basically having the meaningful conversations yeah. that I like <laughs> <laughs> for other people to hear. Right. Um, well, I appreciate you pushing yourself to open up in that. Um, for me, I guess I like the way you kind of grouped it together. Um, I think like if I think of like memories, I think you like the times I felt most quote quote seen or whatever it would mm. be like very random. Like it was like you, you stopped by and brought the Luke book, the oh, gospel yeah. of Luke book yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like wrote us a card. I was like, that's really sweet. Like obviously for twos, like a handwritten letter is like can do like the world, change mm. the world for your heart or something. So I know like there's been random times, like a couple was like, oh, it's like a really sweet handwritten <laughs> letter. And I thought that was like, it shows intent. It shows like some sort of care. And so I know like we would appreciate that. And I would appreciate that person. I don't know if Matt appreciates it as much <laughs> as I do. So speaking for myself. Um, and then I think in, even with this podcast, like one of the best things about nines for me is I think nines ha- carry some of the most, insightful and fun conversations if Mm. that makes sense like i feel like even whenever like it was you me and matt when you know you third wheeled many times Mm -hmm. in san antonio Mm -hmm. i would learn so much about matt because i felt like you asked these really good questions that i couldn't ask and Mm. so even though a two wishes like they could open up all this like emotion like some basic questions which could sound super surface level at the start actually helps 
know more about the other. And mm. so I always loved having you present for certain med school conversations or just life conversations. Mm. Um, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and for being down to do the podcast because it's always better two than one alone. Mm -hmm. So it's been nice. Yeah. Um, maybe let's see feedback. Uh, <laughs> Is that what it's turned into? Feedback? <laughs> um, ugh, moment. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I think it's helpful that like we create structure to hang out so we know what we're expecting from the <laughs> other. But I think in general, I don't know. I don't really... For I think you're you were a lot busier last year mm -hmm. or last earlier mm -hmm. i guess it's the same year yeah it is but the same year. i think it was it was hard because like i'm excited to do something you know and so mm. like being more understanding of the schedule that you have because like one you have commitments right and then like you also like to do a lot of things <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense but but it was helpful because like i think i got to learn more about our friendship because i am able to See, like, I think, oh, it's like an expectation thing. Almost it's like the opposite. You're mm -hmm. always down, right? But then, like, sometimes you weren't available, but you're down. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, me realizing, oh, even though he's always, always down, like, he also isn't always able. Mm -hmm. So, like, understanding the two, I don't think I would have really known that about you until we did, like, some sort of project together, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Cause then I'm always just going to assume, Oh, Wanu will be here for this. But then I think I started to learn at least, like, oh, actually, he can't do this and that's okay. And, like, that's part of him. And I, I think, yeah, I don't know if that's feedback, but it was helpful for me to learn about mm. you. That's something that a nine doesn't immediately show about themselves. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like they'll always, yeah, because it's, it's similar to, I think from the way that you're describing, maybe is it like, Oh, he's always, he'll always like, I'll always say, try to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. even though I try to say yes, sometimes like <laughs> my yes doesn't mean I can actually do it. Right. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. But that's like a, and that's just, I'm not trying to be me. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I agree. No, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I think that's helpful, right? Because I think I learned that there is a capacity or like even in that, like I struggle with the saying yes too. And then I try to do it all. Mm -hmm. And that's also not healthy. So I think it's helpful to learn people's different like motivators and boundaries and things to create healthy friendships, right? Mm. So that there's not these expectations that are not good of each other. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, still yeah. want to do the podcast with me? Yeah. I'm <laughs> done. Yeah. This is fun. It's been a while since I've done this. <laughs> and I appreciate this is a tangent, but you know most of the uh, technical stuff. So I just have to bring the the vibe and then we figured out the podcast today. Yeah. So, yay. It's great. Awesome. Well, I think this was a great return reunion yeah. um, startup episode <laughs> i'm excited for what's to come what is to come can we give a little sneak peek uh we are in the process of reaching out to different people uh and to talk about ooh, what are your enneagram types mm -hmm. and uh what are like the enneagram type dynamics yeah. that play into different relationships mm -hmm. and so um some bringing back the the married couple life <laughs> as a single guy on this podcast yes. um uh, things like that and um, also, we're going to be doing some deep dives with our house church mm. and thinking about, ooh, what are the different Enneagram types in our house church and how does that play out yeah. uh, in, in our dynamics? And so, um, yeah, I think we, this was something that Unji had first brought up, but like, how does this actually play out in like the real life? Right. right? Not just this hypothetical stuff that we've been kind of talking a little bit here, but in the nitty gritty 
of daily life. What does this look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope you'll stay tuned and learn with us as we explore all these relationships. Yeah. Woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) What's our ending? Is it still... Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, I'm Unji. I'm Wonhi. And thank you for joining us in... Enjoy Enjoy the the wonder. wonder. (laughs) Bye.